Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. This is the Outkick to Coverage radio program on Fox Sports Radio, wherever you are. Hope you're having a wonderful early, early morning. Stories coming out a couple of days before the NBA draft. NBA draft is tomorrow night. Coverage of the first round will be right here on Fox Sports Radio. Chris Broussard, Chris Mannix, Karan Butler. Jason McIntyre, or Mannix will be a part of it in some form. McIntyre will be actually with those two guys. So Kawhi Leonard becomes the domino that could lead to what's going to happen with LeBron James. Also a little bit of a roadmap. We'll have John Campbell at some point during this program. Next hour we should be joined by our good friend Jeff Schwartz. And in the third hour, not totally sure, but you'll definitely want to stick around. Possibly another big guest there Uh, could be Jason Whitlock, as a matter of fact. I know we were working to bring him on the program this morning as well. I'm Jason Martin, by the way, executive producer of this program. Clay will be with us here in just a little while. Kawhi Leonard sources, according to ESPN.com's Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Wojnarowski, Greg Popovich travels to California, meets with Kawhi Leonard on Tuesday, had been trying to set this thing up for weeks just to sit down with the guy. What we found out as of late about Kawhi Leonard is Uncle Dennis, his uncle, is seemingly making all of his decisions for him or is certainly the guy that's in his ear that he's listening to the most. We know the story by now, as Chris Haynes and others reported it on Friday. Kawhi Leonard wants out of San Antonio, not going to resign there despite all the money that they can offer him, the $219 million that's out there for him. His preferred landing spot is the Lakers. He mentions Los Angeles. We speculated yesterday that The Spurs have no real impetus to trade him in the Western Conference, specifically not to a glitz team like the Lakers, especially when he's the piece that could lead LeBron James to Los Angeles. Maybe LeBron goes anyway. Maybe he's got Chris Paul and Paul George, and that's going to happen. We've also heard rumblings from Chris Paul that LeBron James is going to Los Angeles and doesn't have any interest in Houston. 
but we've heard all sorts of stories about LeBron James through the years and just how quiet he's been. Recall the crazy story of LeBron James being on an airplane on the way to Miami with Dwayne Wade on the very same flight with him while LeBron James was editing Lee Jenkins' article about him set to return to Cleveland. And Dwayne Wade had no idea until the rest of us did. That's how tight-lipped he's been in the past. So I have no clue what Chris Paul knows. But Dwayne Wade never came out and said he's staying with Miami or he's going to Cleveland or he's going to Chicago or he's going to L.A. He has ne- he never said that originally. So this is a little bit unique. This is germane to this third decision-making process for LeBron James. But back to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard... And I think a lot of people are starting to notice this. This is something I started to think about all weekend long. I even tweeted, you can go back through my tweets at Jmart Outkick, and you can find me tweeting about how much I like Kawhi Leonard. Unassuming superstar. Doesn't say a whole lot. Just goes out there and does his business. Doesn't cause trouble. Isn't any kind of a Terrell Owens kind of player. He's not Dennis Rodman. He's not even Barkley when Barkley was a malcontent. This guy is the consummate professional. Was that ever true? Are we sure that was true? Or was it possible that just because he stayed quiet, we assumed that he was humble? When possibly, he just doesn't really like the media, kept his mouth shut, but also harbored this gigantic ego that maybe we're seeing now. Or is it possible that the wrong voices have gotten into his head? And look, if he wants to leave San Antonio, that's fine. If he wants to live in Los Angeles, he's entitled to that opinion. And there's no reason to vilify him for that opinion. But I'm not sure that people buried Kawhi Leonard during the season for not being on the bench with the team and doing rehab in New York and not seemingly being engaged at all with the franchise. When you think about Kawhi Leonard and how much of a, this guy's a professional, we've gotten, how much of it has to do with the fact he plays for the San Antonio Spurs, an organization that has the exact same reputation from Popovich as the coach, R.C. Buford as the general manager, the team and the guys that they've had through the years, Bruce Bowen excluded, but a lot of very classy guys. Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, guys that you look at, even guys that came off the bench that seemed to be so classy and just wanted to go play ball and win championships. And so Kawhi Leonard comes in and he seems like the logical successor to Tim Duncan. But was that actually true? Not that he wasn't the successor. We know he was the successor. He's one of the top five players in the league. Some people would argue he's number two when you look at what his value is as a two-way player. But was it actually true that he was this humble, unassuming force? Or did San Antonio do something to lose his trust? There are a lot of questions that need to be answered, but the biggest question immediately is, where does he go? If he goes to L.A., LeBron will follow him. I can go ahead and predict that right now because everybody else is saying the exact same thing. And I think LeBron's going to end up in Los Angeles either way. But if Kawhi Leonard goes to L.A., you can go ahead and book it. LeBron James is going to L.A. I don't think Kawhi Leonard's going to end up a Laker. I just don't. I don't think the Spurs are going to do that. I think Boston offers them more attractive options when it comes to what they could get back. Now, the Lakers could offer him something, but there was one piece of speculation, and we'll bring in Danny G out in Los Angeles, There was one piece of speculation that came out and said the Spurs have zero, like negative interest in Lonzo Ball. Don't want him at all. If that's the case, I'm not necessarily sure 
whether or not the Lakers have enough to entice the Spurs, even without the problem that they have being in the same conference and the Spurs seeing themselves as NBA royalty, and and rightfully so. But the Kawhi thing continues to make this week a whole lot more interesting because until we know what he does, I don't think we're going to know what LeBron's going to do. Yeah, and one thing that's interesting, I was reading that uh, Kawhi had told his homies and people around him that he did not want to sit down with Popovich and he was purposely being difficult because he didn't want to have that meeting with Popovich. So what I'm wondering, what was the what was the sit down like? Do you think Kawhi was like sitting there with his arms folded? What do you think that meeting, the beginning of that meeting must have looked like? I don't know what the le- I mean, Danny, what's the level of respect between those two guys right now? Like what has broken? You know, how how fractured? How much friction is there? Between these two guys, it seems like Popovich has been trying to sit down with this dude for weeks, and Kawhi's just been dodging him. He's been seen in New York. He's got these stories coming out, dropping information that hurts the Spurs in terms of being able to trade him elsewhere. Because if you're going to get this guy for a year, if you don't think you can win a championship with him in a year and convince him to stay, I don't know what your advantage is. You lose a lot of what you could potentially do because of the way Kawhi handled it. And because of the way he handled it, he might think that that's going to lead him to Los Angeles. I don't know. The Spurs strike me as a fairly stubborn organization when it comes to that. But to answer your question, I don't know. Was he leaned back in the chair? Were his arms folded? Did he make eye contact with Greg Popovich? Did he hear him out and say, all right, thanks, and then walk out the door and he's done? Like, I have no idea at this point who Kawhi Leonard is. And I think that's what makes this so much more interesting is we think we kind of understand who LeBron James is at this point. I think we think we understand who Kevin Durant is at this point. There are some stars where we get it. We know what it is inside them that motivates them, seemingly. Positive and negative, because it's always out there for us to see in a 24-7 sports media landscape. Especially guys without helmets, we can see them emote, whether it's in a press conference or whether or not it's actually on the floor in the moment. But nobody knows anything about Kawhi Leonard. We don't know anything about his personality. I remember we played a cut, Danny, like a couple of months ago. Oh, none of us uh, had heard his voice before. Yeah, and like you were, I mean, we could have played a game and said, whose voice is this? I know Ben Maller likes to play games on his show. You could have done one of those uh, sight the bite joints. Nobody would have figured out that was Kawhi Leonard because I wasn't sure that dude wasn't a mute. Okay. I had never heard him talk. Not even in San Diego State did I hear him talk. Now, you bring up Ben Maller. Ben's take on Kawhi is don't go near him with a 10-foot pole because of his injury, mysterious injury, and the fact that maybe you can't count on him now. So what do you think about the half of the media that, well, not half the media because most people are still ball-washing Kawhi, but for Ben and somebody else that might say, I don't know about Kawhi, do you still think he could be the superstar that he was before this strange, mysterious injury? I don't know because I don't know what the strange, mysterious injury has done to him. Because I haven't seen him play basketball in so long. I think that's a valid question to ask. And an injury risk of a guy that you're going to have to wager a lot of your franchise in order to land, you want to believe that that guy's got seven good years left. And he should. But the fact that he hasn't played ball in so long would at least worry me, concern me. I'd have to definitely do a whole lot of testing to make sure that He's all right, but again, just like everything else surrounding Kawhi Leonard and his personality and everything else, it's a mystery. We don't know. But I think you agree with me, though, right? If he goes to L.A., LeBron's signed, sealed, and delivered. It seems that way because at the end of last week's show, we were talking about 
how Paul George was not a strong enough number two for the Lakers, but Kawhi sure would be if he's anywhere near the player he was when he was healthy. Can you imagine that duo? That would be amazing. The thing about Lonzo, I'm wondering if the Lakers could maybe put together like a three-team trade. There's got to be a team that's interested in Lonzo. I mean, yeah, his dad comes with the package. That's a little bit of an annoyance or a lot of an annoyance. But as far as his skills, he at least settled down in the second half of the season. You could see the potential. It was just his rookie year, and he was hurt for half of the season. So we don't know what type of player Lonzo Ball is going to be long term. You're right. We don't. And he tried to kind of reset his shot late in the season. And we've seen guys that have had great careers that haven't been able to shoot and guys that have developed a jumper in the NBA. I have to ask you, though, being the Lakers fan that you are, you just look at it and say, boy, what could have been with Jason Tatum? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. think about that right now, having Tatum in, you know, in the bag and then being able to attract a LeBron James and a Kawhi Leonard. We predicted that we thought uh, right here right before the yeah, draft we, we we were on top of what Jason Tatum was going to be in the league and we even thought he'd be a good fit with the Celtics and now of course hindsight's 2020 all the teams can look back and think of what a key piece to their organization Jason Tatum would be but there's no going back the Lakers have to live with that draft choice and we heard from certain UCLA fans right before the draft that there was too much hype on Lonzo and we we kind of Laker fans here in Southern California. We were hearing, you know, those negative factors in the draft. We wondered about it. Trust me, it was a big question mark. And I think all Laker fans were just kind of praying that that was wrong, that the hype was real. It just didn't turn out that way. Although, like I said, I am curious to see what Lonzo comes back with in his second year in the league. I mean, he's a playmaker. There's no question about that. He's a good passer, and there are a lot of things to like about Lonzo Ball. His father, notwithstanding. But the fact that he can't shoot, that's what LeBron James needs most of all. He doesn't necessarily need a guy that's a great passer as much as he needs somebody that can help him score the basketball. Now, Lonzo can help you get the ball to guys that can, and there are dudes like Kuzma on that team and Ingram, and you know there is talent on that team that can score it. But ideally, I think you'd want Lonzo in the situation and how much the ball could be in his hands to be able to shoot better. All right. Yesterday, we had an epic Animal Thunderdome. It was one of the best ones we've ever done. There was some kind of difficult stuff to deal with. Pythons eating people is never pleasant. And we went into some detail about that. Also, a grandma in Georgia that choked a bobcat to death. If you missed it, you're in luck. You need to go subscribe to the podcast anyway. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to wherever your favorite podcast catcher is of choice and subscribe to Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. And you could have heard this already. But even if you have heard it, I can't imagine you're going to be disappointed that we're going to play it for you again coming up. If you missed that segment after the break, a little bonus Animal Thunderdome taking you back in time to yesterday. We had a lot of fun with it. We think you'll enjoy it. It's next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I had a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome.
Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Encourage you to go download the podcast. Search out the term Outkick on iTunes. Millions of you are doing it. Join the cool kids. Download the Outkick podcast today. And you can listen to the first two hours at your leisure and also maybe the third hour as well. All of that, again, if you search out the term OutKick. You can also watch me on Periscope and Facebook Live every day at 3 o'clock Eastern. If you're out there and you're at work, that's 12 Pacific, and you're bored at work, and you're looking for 30 minutes of escapism, I will pop up on your screen sitting live from my house, and I will come on and talk to you about whatever news stories have typically arisen since we finished the show. So I'll finish the show at 9 a.m. Eastern. I will log off. I'll go downstairs. I'll talk with my kids. We'll kind of move along in the process. And then I'll come back by 2 or 3. Like today, for instance, I'll finish the show. I'll uh, go do the uh, anonymous mailbag, which if you don't read, you should. It's up at outkick.com. Usually by around uh, 11.30 Eastern. And uh, then you can read that. And then you can chill for a little bit, and then I'll be back at 3 Eastern to talk to you again. You literally can get me all day long. Uh, But you probably won't be able to get the Animal Thunderdome all day long. And we started off with our girl uh, getting eaten out in uh, by the uh, python there. And that is an awful story. And such is also the fact that when they cut open the python, they find her there fully clothed, just like chilling inside uh, inside of this python. But Jason Martin, I believe we have a more positive story for the humans. Wait, wait, I got you. You asked a question at the end of the hour. We didn't have time to get to it, so I oh, researched I it during the break about how long this process would take. Yeah, for a yeah. Because uh, for those of, for those of you who are just waking up, because I know some people start off at the top of the hour. This woman got eaten by a twenty-three foot python, and the python swallowed her whole Indonesian woman. Uh, back like 14 months ago or something like you were saying, yes. this guy Akbar, uh, not the admiral from Star Wars, but an, uh, an Asian man. But it was and a trap. It, and it, yeah, it was a trap indeed. The trap was just inside of the python's belly. Um, and so uh, he gets eaten, and now we have another woman getting eaten. How does the process actually happen? And again, I want to say, if you think you're having a rough day, sometimes it's tough Tuesday, Tuesday morning. You're like, man, I got a lot more days to get through this week for this job. I got to drive in. It's early in the morning. Could be worse. You could have been eaten by a python. You could have been. So here's how it works. Pythons bite first would attack a human in two ways. One, could bite as a form of defense. Two, stealthily lies in wait along a game trail, edges of waterways, or any other place where they would find unsuspecting prey. Reticulated pythons, which is the case in both Akbar and the woman. They bite first, then, literally within a few seconds, wrap powerful coils around the person's body. They cut off the circulation to the brain, blocking off airways, preventing the chest from expanding. From one or all of those reasons, a person would quickly die. Then comes the swallowing. Pythons can swallow humans because their lower jaw is indirectly attached to their skull, which allows it to expand. The lower jaw comes apart, allowing it to further open up Over the course of about an hour, the snake would walk its teeth over a person's body until it is completely inside the animal's stomach where it would then be digested by the snake's stomach acid. This is just such an awful story. So (laughs) my question for you would be this. What can you do to escape the python once he grabs you? 
is there yeah, anything I don't think, that I don't you know. could do? Like once he gets his hands on you, is it over? Is it like MMA where if you got a guy who's hands. like a like his, what is whatever? Like once he gets his tail on you, is it possible to escape? Sounds like it's a wrap, Clay. Like twenty-three foot python. Like if it starts to wrap around you and you're able to get a, get away, that's one thing. But you have to think it's also biting you while it's doing this. It's not just rolling around you like a garden hose. It's a garden hose with teeth that is constantly attacking you as it is enveloping you with 23 feet with like a Steph Curry wet jumper. It's just <laughs> circling you at that point. I want to know how the python knows what it can eat. Because, you know, like if you're in a car and you think, hey, will my car fit in that parallel parking spot? And sometimes, like this happened to me before, I'm a great parallel parker. But sometimes I'll start to park and I'll be like, you know what? I think I misjudged, especially if you have like a big SUV. You have a little car. It's easy to like kind of wheel it in. But you're like, man, there's not going to be enough space on either side. Like I basically have gotten in here where I'm going to be wedged, almost touching on both sides. Does the python ever start to eat something that it's killed and then realize it can't actually swallow it? I mean, if it could swallow a human, I'm trying to think what it would try. Like I'm trying to think where would it, would it be able it to handle like to death. I'm a, I'm betting this woman is little, right? I'm, I'm be- Probably, I don't know, yes. I don't have her height and weight, but I'm betting that she's small. Like, how is a python able to see a person and know that it can handle eating that person? Or it doesn't have to be a person; it could be like a, you know a, a a deer or a uh, or an alligator. Um, and by the way, like I, I just I, I don't I, I'm curious how it has like is that just innate? I don't know. I mean, it's like maybe when it gets old enough, it can figure it out, or maybe it knows from the beginning. You know, when you take your kid to a buffet, they always get too much food, and you end up having to get rid of that plate. Like, or, once you or grow the kid to a certain age, up. you realize. Yes, or the kid throws up. Like, you eventually realize more is not always better. <laughs> like so the I Python remember- can sort of look at it and just kind of size it up and be like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to take that guy. We had like a uh, family movie night when my second oldest kid was like three or four. And we had, uh, my wife had made mint chocolate chip cookies, and we're sitting around watching like Star Wars or something, and we weren't paying attention, and the three-year-old just kept eating the mint chocolate chip cookies, and then he made himself throw up. He's like a dog, right? Like, the cookies are so good, but then he's like, oh, my tummy hurts. And we're like, yeah, how many cookies do you eat? He's like, seven. So yeah, that's probably too many cookies for a three-year-old to eat. Um, so they don't know better, right? Oh. <laughs> right. But the cookies are so good. So I wonder if the python ever this, finds that position. This article here says pythons use their tongues to smell. Depending on the size of the python, they're looking for rodents, birds, lizards, mammals like monkeys, wallabies, pigs, or antelope. Yeah. And I feel like... Or small it, humans in Indonesia. Oh, or small humans in Indonesia. So tough break for our woman there. Uh, what else we got? All right. So great story out of Georgia. And... You're going to want to hear parts of this again. I think you're going to want to hear little snippets. I don't have it edited out just yet, but we will play it in the future, certainly. And Vito's going to have to get to work because this is incredible. Rather than just read this story to you, we'll take you to Georgia and let WYFF-TV tell this story. Women who behave rarely make history. At first, the new bumper sticker was funny. Now D.D. Phillips believes it's ironic. I never thought I'd be one to make in history. Thursday night at her Hart County, Georgia home, she grabbed her phone to take a picture of the sticker on her truck, but snapped this one instead. 
a bobcat she spotted near her driveway. By the time it got right here, it took a leap. And I went backwards. Philip says it was fight or flight. Honestly, God, I mean, it was out to kill me. I wasn't going to die today. And she didn't die. She also would later say it was going to be the cat or me that day. And that day it was going to be the cat. Um, Baddest ass grandma ever, Danny. That was one of the most epic animal thunderdomes ever. And it happened a little later in yesterday's show. So I'm glad that you got to play it back. Lots of requests for the python stories. Yeah, still working on trying to land the right python expert. I saw you. Yeah, I saw you tweeting yesterday. That this is what your life has come to, trying to book a grandma and a Python expert. Yeah. And if we get either one of them, Clay's going to be overjoyed. You know that. So am I, because those will be amazing conversations. So hopefully one of those will come through. I know somebody that always comes through. It's our guy, Eddie Garcia. Let's find out what happened last night in sports. Eddie, take it away. Well, let's give you a Geico scoreboard from Major League Baseball, where Houston's franchise record-tying 12-game winning streak came to an end with a 2-1 loss at home to the Rays. Yankees over the Mariners, 7-2. New York now has a one-game lead on Boston for first in the AL East, with the Red Sox losing to the Twins, 6-2. Brewers over the Pirates, 3-2. Milwaukee now has a half-game lead on Chicago for first place in the NL Central. The Cubs split a doubleheader with the Dodgers. They lost the first game, 4-3, won the second game, 2-1. In 10 innings, Angels over the Diamondbacks, 5-4 Arizona's lead on L.A. for first. And the NL West is down to a game and a half. The best NBA draft show is right here on Fox Sports Radio tomorrow. Catch Chris Broussard, NBA champion Kron Butler, and Jason McIntyre throughout the entire first round of the draft beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. That is tomorrow night. Chris Broussard, Kron Butler, Jason McIntyre, 7 p.m. Eastern right here on Fox Sports Radio. Now back to Jason Martin and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios. It is easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Today's show also brought to you by our great partners out at True Car. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you see it. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience still efforting a grandma still efforting a python expert probably not going to happen on today's show maybe by the end of the week it will happen this is the outkick the coverage radio program i'm jason martin executive producer of this fine show you can follow me on twitter at jmart outkick at danny g radio making it happen for us out in los angeles and here in just a second we're going to welcome in uh, john campbell he works for odd shark and get some information about how to play the draft and how to play the world cup this world cup has been strange when it comes to own goals. We welcome in John Campbell now. He's at Johnny Odd Shark on Twitter. John, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jason. So the World Cup is probably different. Like Those out there that want to play the World Cup, two questions. One, what's the smart way to play this tournament as a gambler? And two, how do you factor in these own goals? It's supposed to be a rare occurrence, but it's been anything but so far in this tournament. Yeah, it's well. One of the options I like is is to just go with the most popular one, and that's the three way money line, and that that gives you the draw as an option as well as each side. I know a lot of North American betters don't like that as much. They're used to playing the standard money line where you pick one side or the other, but don't be afraid of the draw. And, and we haven't seen too many draws out there yet, so so I think we will, and there could come. I also like futures uh, as well. 
But you're absolutely right with with own goals. We've seen a few of them so far, and they're paying out at fifteen to one. So wow. uh, we had. Yeah, we had a guy in the office who's been taking them steady, so he was going bananas yesterday uh, with uh, with these own goals at fifteen to one. Penalties are something else that we've seen. Uh, we've seen nine of them so far, and those typically pay out around two to one. So I think the value is really good there. This is really tough to handicap right now with these things coming into play with the instant replay, with uh, a lot of penalties. And we saw a stretch where seven games played under in a row in the World Cup, and now we've seen five straight play over. So I think we're also going to continue to see overs. I think over is going to be a good bet throughout uh, the group stage here. So I know that there are certainly odds out there for where LeBron's going to play. We've talked to you about that a number of times, and I think that that's worthy of discussion again today. But I think the question that needs to be asked before that, because it's going to dictate the answer to the LeBron question, is the Kawhi question. What's out there right now in terms of this Kawhi situation and where it looks like maybe he could end up? I I didn't see any odds out there, but it it sounds Hmm. like the Celtics have the best chance to get him. And and everything that I've seen and I'm reading, I, I, I know there was a lot of talk about him going to the Lakers, but... It just sounds like that's not going to be really possible for the Lakers. So Celtics might be the front runners right now. Maybe I'd put them something like plus 150. And don't count out the Spurs because Pop has worked some magic before, like with Aldridge, uh, where he was able to, to talk him into to staying and having some su- success there with the Spurs. So I would put the Spurs behind at plus 200. But, um, yeah, it sounds like the Lakers are going to have a lot of trouble getting Kawhi. So LeBron looks like less, based on the numbers I see, somewhere around minus 150 for the Lakers, and then the nearest after that's Philadelphia at plus 450 and Cleveland to retain at plus 500. How is it looking right now for LeBron the day before the NBA draft? Yeah, the Lakers now minus 150. They were plus money uh, about a week ago, so this this is just plummeting. It sounds like he's going to go there. I, I still think there might be some value in, in maybe the Sixers. I, I, it, 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 I think he's going to the Lakers, but I'm surprised that he go to the Western Conference. I just think he knows he can dominate in the East, and uh, I'm not sure how great the Lakers are going to be. Another indicator that he is going to the Lakers, though, is that their futures odds have dropped to five to one, and they dropped uh, quite a bit. They already they were sixteen to one about ten days ago, and and now they're down to five to one. So that's a pretty big indicator as well that he's probably going to the Lakers. NBA draft is tomorrow night. Looks like it could be Aiden, uh, could be Dantich. Uh, it could be somebody else, I suppose, as well. And we've got some guys signing some major shoe deals and some chicanery going on there. So when you're looking at the NBA draft and how to bet that, where are you there? Yeah, there, There's some props out there, some over-under props on where okay. uh, people are going to be drafted. So Doncic is uh, to be drafted at two or better. He's plus 175, uh, and that seems like a pretty good one. I, I like that. Uh, at plus 175, I like the value there. Jalen Brunson to be drafted in the first round. He that's plus 115. That's kind of another one I like. And uh, yeah, there's just there's a bunch of over under ones out there this year. I didn't see a lot of who will go number one, so that's really interesting. We usually see those ones floating around out there. Another thing that you are starting to research right now yourself are early win totals for college football. And I know that a lot of your time over the last few days has been kind of breaking down and looking into the Big Ten. So what can you tell us at this early stage about how the Big Ten might shake up uh, in the fall? 
Yeah, they, there's some interesting ones here. And Michigan, Michigan, uh, Michigan State, Penn State, and Wisconsin are all nine, nine and a half. And really interesting here. I like the over with Michigan. I think they're going to be great. I think they're a good futures bet this year as well. But the juice on the over is minus 145. The juice on Ohio State over nine and a half is up to minus 300. So that's a really strange one to me where they don't want to move the number and uh, they're, they're really working it with the juice. But I think a couple of the wild cards, one I really like is, is Iowa at plus seven and a half. There's plus money on the over here. And I, I just think the biggest strength for Iowa this year is the schedule. Somehow they managed to avoid Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, and they've got three pretty pretty soft games to begin. They've got Northern Illinois, Iowa State, and Northern Iowa all at home. So that schedule alone, Iowa is one I'm looking at at plus money. I really like the over. But um, Maryland's another team that I think is a big wild card. I think that number at 5.5 might be a little too low as well, and they're another one that I like over. All right, John, it's always good to catch up with you, buddy. We will be uh, reading you at oddshark.com and following you on Twitter at Johnny Oddshark. Have a good rest of your week. You too, Jason. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That is John Campbell. Follow him. Oddshark does it right if you're a gambler. Before we go to break, Danny, DeAndre Ayton, it looks like he is going to be the first pick. Like It looks like Phoenix is, first off, they're not going to trade draft picks. Historically, they've had the opportunity to land like top free agents like a Kawhi Leonard and folks like that in the past, and they've passed on that opportunity to keep draft picks that have not worked out. Aiton sure looks good, although the last time we saw him play was a little bit unfortunate for him because of what happened by Buffalo, you know, what happened to Arizona thanks to Buffalo in the tournament. Yeah, well, thanks to all this Kawhi Leonard talk, I don't even care about the stupid Suns. All I want to know, the Lakers, are they going to come back finally and make it to the playoffs? Yeah, some Laker fans are spoiled because there were so many years of winning. I'm not one of those fans. I've I've been there through the good times, the bad times. Trust me, there's been plenty of bad times as a Lakers fan. Not as many as the good times. There's been tons of championship parades. But used to winning, used to being one of the top organizations in all of basketball, and I would just love it to finally land one of those big fish instead of what happened with uh, Jerry Buss's son. Now, finally, Magic Johnson can sit there and greet some of these free agents and be like, yep, come here and play for me. So as a Lakers fan, I know, and I know you disagree, I know you think Kawhi's not going to come to the Lakers, but I got my fingers crossed. I mean, I'm sure you do. I'm, I totally understand why you would want that guy, assuming that he's healthy and this mystery injury isn't you know, something catastrophic, which I assume that it's not. That story continues to be weird. I'm sure we're going to continue to touch on it. As this show continues, and it will continue, this is Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. NBA draft, no drama. NBA regular season, no drama. NBA free agency, lots of drama. And I'm here for all of it. I got to be honest with you. I, I have said for a long time that I think the biggest flaw in the NBA that exists is that there are six major leagues that we care about every year in America today. The NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, college basketball, and college football. Now, every one of you out there might not care about them a ton, and there are obviously other sports that will cycle up. Oh, you like the Winter Olympics. Oh, you like the Summer Olympics. Oh, you like the World Cup. 
But year after year, there are six sports that America cares about. And I know MLS fan out there might be like, what about the MLS? Yeah, the next person who makes a great living talking about MLS media and the season and everything else will be the first. I mean, the same thing with the WNBA. Now, I think MLS is likely cycling up and maybe in a decade on a show like this, there will be a guy or girl sitting here who is an expert in the MLS and you guys will be like, man, I can't wait to hear what Clay Travis has got to say about the MLS today. Man, that was a huge MLS game yesterday. But until then, let's not even get remotely concerned about that. So there's six sports. Right now, I can make you an argument in five of them that there are 10 to 15 teams that could win the championship. Now, I could be wrong, but there are 10 to 15 teams right now in the NBA, in the NFL, in the Major League Baseball, in NHL, in college basketball, or in the college football, that if everything went well, and 10 to 15 might even be low, they could win the championship. Right now in the NBA, there might be three. Now, we don't know where LeBron's going to go. That could change things a little bit. We don't know what Kawhi's going to do. But right now, as we head into the NBA draft, which will change nothing in terms of how good the teams are, the Warriors are a prohibitive favorite still. The Rockets are at least good enough to win 65, and if they got LeBron James, they would be potentially a legitimate contender to beat the Warriors. I tend to think the Warriors should have won that series in five games. I know it went seven, and I know Chris Paul got hurt, but I tend to think it could have been won in five games. And maybe the Celtics when everybody comes back healthy. If everything went absolutely perfect for the NBA, maybe the Sixers could get Kawhi Leonard. We could add the Sixers to the mix. And if the Lakers got um, LeBron James, maybe we could add them to the mix. And then we got five teams. And even still, most of those teams wouldn't have really had a chance. That's it. That's a flaw of the NBA. But the positivity of the NBA is that the NBA mixes a little bit of college football coaching when it comes to almost perpetual free agency. I don't know what the Spurs should do with Kawhi Leonard. I don't think there's even an easy answer. Because if he legitimately is going to leave and not re-sign with you and take less money to go to another team. Because I was doing the math here, and I've got my calculator out, so I can always go a little bit off on this. But my math is that Kawhi Leonard, over the next five years, can sign a contract paying him $43.8 million with the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I hate to be tax guy, because after tax guy, a lot of times drives me crazy. But if you live in the state of Texas, there's no state income tax. Just based on that contract alone, he's taking, and he can't get the Supermax. I'm not an expert. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on the NBA salary cap. But he can't get the Supermax if he signs with anybody other than the Spurs, right? What's the total cost? I'll talk about that in an hour or two. What's the total cost that would leave him? At minimum, just based on this salary, he would pay around $5 million a year in California state income tax that he would never owe in the state of Texas. That's a pretty big difference. $5 million a year there, $5 million there. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. Be nice, I guess, to just say, I don't care about tax rates. But I do think that the likelihood is 
that if he's making a smart financial decision, he will re-up with the Spurs and then they will trade him somewhere. Where will that be? We'll unpack it a little bit. Could it be involved in tomorrow's NBA draft? Again, NBA offseason, by far more interesting than the actual NBA season. You know who's left behind in all this? Paul George. Mentioned this yesterday. Last year, Paul George is a difference maker. Everybody wants him. This year, ah, what happened to Paul George? He's an afterthought. It's like the five-star uh, five-star recruit who doesn't pan out at all. Uh, hour two, we're going to talk with Jeff Shorts. Hour three, we'll have some fun. We'll also have some fun in hour two. I am Clay Travis. I appreciate all of you joining me. I encourage you to download the podcast. Wednesday edition, Outkick the Coverage. What's Kawhi going to do? What should he do? Maybe we'll even open up the phone lines. 877-996-6369. You are advising Kawhi Leonard. I'll tell you exactly what I would tell him to do next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. What's shaking in the world as you wake up? The World Cup will be kicking off in another hour. The NBA offseason drama, which is the only thing interesting about the NBA at all, to be honest, uh, continues. And we have drama about what might happen with Kawhi Leonard. What will the Spurs do? Greg Popovich makes a trip to Southern California, reportedly to meet with Kawhi Leonard face-to-face. And uh, we've got a coaching feud viewing, uh, brewing in the media. Mike Leach has been going after Dan Wolken of USA Today Sports. All that and more we'll unpack here. But I want to start with this Kawhi Leonard business. Um, and to me, first of all, I, I, I think we know how tough the end of the season was for Greg Popovich. Psychology matters in everything and so does your mental state Greg Popovich's wife died at the end of last season doesn't a part of him have to think I want to just take a step back if you have serious things that go on in your life a lot of times things that are not serious you look at and you think this is an absurd situation to be in I wonder how much of Greg Popovich's heart can possibly be in trying to persuade Kawhi Leonard that he needs to re-up with the Spurs. Does that make any sense? That if you think about in your life, uh, if you have serious things going on, if you've got a sick kid, or if you have got a, 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 a relative that has a close relationship with you that dies, and then you go into your job, oftentimes the job can seem insignificant relative to the real world of life issues that you are facing. And so I wonder on one level whether Greg Popovich, who frankly has never really had time, it doesn't seem to me, for external drama and BS. I mean, if you think about what the Spurs have represented, it has been Tim Duncan, it has been Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, guys who bought in to a relatively small market system with Greg Popovich and had tremendous success. And how much actual drama has ever emanated from the San Antonio Spurs locker room. How much player drama, how much coaching drama, how much drama in general has ever come out of that locker room for a team that has won multiple championships? I would argue that the San Antonio Spurs might be the most drama-free dynasty if you wanted to define them as a dynasty of all time. And I don't think that's an outlandish comment to make, or at least of our modern era because 
I don't know what it was like in the 1950s and 60s without social media, without that many television networks, with everything else kind of associated with that. I don't know that I have ever seen in my life a team with less drama surrounding it. I remember remember even the Bulls back in Michael Jordan days, if you followed the Michael Jordan era Bulls, there was always a lot of drama. Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan didn't get along. Jordan left to play baseball. I mean, there was a lot of circus. Dennis Rodman, the circus would come to town with the Chicago Bulls as a part of their dynasty. The Laker dynasty, my God, Kobe and Shaq, everything surrounded with Kobe was freighted with mystery. Was he going to be traded? What was his relationship like with Phil Jackson? Everything about it was dramatic. Certainly in the NBA, even if you look at the NFL right now, look at Tom Brady, look at Rob Gronkowski, and look at everything surrounding Bill Belichick. There's a lot of drama with the Patriots right now. Brady yesterday, people are talking about, said he wants to play to 45 potentially in Spanish on Instagram, which is the perfect example of how stories can become magnified in a way that they wouldn't have before. Nick Saban has been had a dynasty at Alabama. There's been a lot of drama around Nick Saban. All of his offensive and defensive coordinators. What's Saban going to do? The Texas job opening. Right now, he's got a decent amount of drama with what's he going to do with uh, t- uh, with Tagovailoa versus Jalen Hurts. If you win at a high level, typically drama will follow you. And Greg Popovich has been the anti-drama coach. Now, maybe a lot of that credit needs to go to Tim Duncan, who during his tenure with the Spurs really did not want any stories about him. I mean, he seems to be, in many respects, one of the most private of all superstars in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard's an enigma in that same way. What do we actually know about Kawhi Leonard considering he could be on hook to make $44 million a year? Not that much. He came out of a program that not that many people know in college. He's quietly dominated down in San Antonio until this year when the wheels suddenly came off. So when I see all these stories surrounding the Kawhi Leonard situation and that Greg Popovich is going to have to go meet with him and that they're privately meeting 101 and that Kawhi Leonard has been refusing to answer all the phone calls, this has to be everything that Greg Popovich hates about the modern NBA in general is that we have all of these dramatic stories unspooling. And so a part of me wonders, how aggressively do you think Greg Popovich is actually chasing Kawhi Leonard right now? How much do you think he has gone hat in hand to Kawhi Leonard and said, okay, Kawhi, I apologize for what Tony Parker said. I'm sorry that you don't think we were sufficiently uh, supporting you during your injury, but I want you here and I want to pay you $44 million. And then you put into context what Greg Popovich has been going through in general. And to me, I think that's a that's a tough answer, tough question to answer. Uh, if you have real serious things going on in your life, and if you are Greg Popovich and you are 69 years old, and you are going to turn 70 years old next January. Does he really have time to worry about Kawhi Leonard's feelings and make a full-court press to keep him signed to the Spurs? Now, Kawhi Leonard, on the other hand, we don't know enough about. 
He's a total enigma. What does he want? It's kind of mysterious. No one knows. Seems to be that he wants to go back to L.A. and play for either the Lakers or the Clippers. And he certainly has the ability to do that. It's almost an exact replay of what happened with Paul George. Well, Paul George got traded to Oklahoma City. Remember last summer, Paul George takes his kids to Disneyland and everybody's got their video cameras out and they're saying to Paul George, come to the Lakers, come to the Lakers. And then he doesn't have that good of a year with Oklahoma City Thunder and everybody takes a step back and says, you know what? Maybe we don't really want Paul George. And so I wonder on some level, what will the Spurs do? Will they risk it and say, okay, we're going to give Greg Popovich a year of coaching Kawhi Leonard to rehabilitate their relationship, to see whether they can build a decent team, to try to get him to sign this Supermax deal that would allow him to make $44 million a year, whether all of that factors in and they attempt to do it, or do they just say, you know what, this relationship is fundamentally broken, we are going to get rid of him and get something for him. And if they do that, are they willing to trade him inside of the Western Conference? I think there are a lot of different moving parts associated with this story. But to me, Greg Popovich and where he is mentally is a big part of this story. Don't mistake real life for how it can impact something that's not that important in the grand scheme of things. We we talk and care about sports, but it ain't really that important. It doesn't really matter. It's great if the Spurs win a championship. Not that many lives that are changing based on who wins an NBA championship. It's fun to watch. If it's your team that's good, it's great to see happen. Greg Popovich is dealing with legitimately serious things in his life right now. woman that he loved just died in the offseason, right as they were about to finish the season, and now he's got to be on the, on the road trying to recruit Kawhi Leonard back. I just question how much emotional involvement you can have. Now, some people, when bad things happen in their life, they dive into work to escape the pain that they feel in their real life. Maybe that's Greg Popovich. I just don't know, but a part of me thinks this is a very un-Popovich story. Chasing your star player all over the country. He won't answer your phone calls. The day before, two days before the NBA draft, you finally get a meeting with him. The whole thing is strange, and I don't know how this is going to pan out. I'm curious. I want to bring in the crew and poll them. Jason Martin, are you with me that this is the Spurs are maybe the least dramatic dynasty of the modern era? I think you have to say modern era because the media has evolved so much. But if you compare them to the Patriots, to the uh, Nick Saban, Alabama Crimson Tide, everything surrounding Lane Kiffin there for anybody who hasn't been paying attention to that, certainly to the Lakers and the Bulls in the last 20 years, the uh, everything that's going on with teams that win on a dominant level. I'm not sure you can point to any of them that have been more stable and less dramatic than the Spurs. It's not just that this is a big NBA story. It's that this represents everything that Greg Popovich seems to hate about the NBA and about modern sports in general. And so I question how invested he could possibly be in going to Kawhi Leonard and begging for him to stay with the Spurs. Yeah, what I said off the top is basically what you just said, which is this Spurs situation with Kawhi Leonard might as well be an episode of Westworld because it's so much of a mystery. 
because we don't know anything about Kawhi Leonard. We don't even know how bad the injury was. We don't understand the motivations. We know he's listening to his uncle. That's the one thing that's maybe come out about this. But, you know, Tim Duncan, and even before Tim Duncan, David Robinson was known as one of the classiest guys in the NBA when he was a center for the San Antonio Spurs. They are known to be professional, from the general manager R.C. Buford to Popovich to everybody outside of Bruce Bowen that they've had on that team. They're a classy organization. They seem to be a very humble organization. They don't necessarily care how much print they get. They go out and they win basketball games, and they seem to be the ideal franchise. Most people would agree with that. Almost everybody, I would say, in sports would agree with how the Spurs have gone about their business. And Kawhi Leonard looked like he was the same kind of guy that he was the heir apparent to Tim Duncan, and certainly he is on the floor. But have we mistaken him being quiet for him being classy? Because when people are quiet, sometimes you think that there's a wisdom there or that there's just, I don't need to get into I don't know that classy to me is like the most overused adjective in the world of sports. Like Kawhi Leonard is a talented basketball player who may well not be happy with the guys that he is playing with. He may not like his teammates. And as a result, he may want to go somewhere else to work. I don't know that that means that he's not classy. I mean, there have been any number of people that are out there listening to us right now who've probably had success at work and chosen to work somewhere else because you didn't particularly like the dynamic of the people that you work for. So I, I think that Kawhi Leonard's uh, quietness could make us think that he is in line with Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. And by the way, it's not like Tony Parker didn't have drama in his life when you look at what happened with Eva Longoria right. and all the mess that happened there. I think part of this is just San Antonio is a good place to play basketball if you want to escape the media spotlight. Uh, maybe it's maybe that's a partly a function of the way the media covers the Spurs in San Antonio. I think in general, and I'll say this in general, when you are the only pro sports franchise in a city, you get treated with kid gloves. Everybody out there will, when they hear that you know they're so excited to have pro sports in the city, and I've seen this so many times over and over again, that they cover up the mess, they don't aggressively question the, uh, the, the failures of the franchise or the decisions of the franchise that weren't the right ones. It's almost just a mutual admiration society. You can look at that if you want to. Remember when the Trailblazers were the Portland Jailblazers? They still were covered pretty nicely by the Portland media because they're the only major franchise in that city. So I, I, I just, psychology, psychologically, I think that somebody needs to speak out here. I think it was significant that Kawhi Leonard leaked clearly to everybody at the same time, or his representatives did, that he wants out. I think it's significant that he has now made it clear that he wants to go play in L.A. And I think the question becomes, can the Spurs do anything similar to what the Pacers did when they got the haul of goods that they did for Paul George. Remember last year when that happened, everybody was like, oh man, this is highway robbery. The The Oklahoma City Thunder just stole Paul George. In retrospect, don't you think the Pacers got the infinitely better deal there? And I wonder whether if you're Greg Popovich, you don't look at the way that the Paul George situation played out and think to yourself, screw Kawhi, we can go out and make decisions that make us a better franchise. Let's go ahead and sell uh, you know, sell him. Let's go ahead and trade him, get as much value for his assets as we can, and let's go out and make 
the best deal that we can. He's got a high value on the market right now. We saw what happened with Paul George. He didn't have that high of a value. What do you do when you got a high value asset? You sell it. And that's what the Spurs have to be thinking, I believe. Now, maybe R.C. Buford and everybody else down there says, we've seen what Popovich can do over the course of time. Let's allow Kawhi Leonard to stay here. Let's not listen to his demands for a trade. Let's spend a year trying to convince him that he wants to be with us and that we can repair this relationship. I mean, maybe maybe that's true. But when I look at Popovich, and I said this originally after his wife died, I'm not so sure he's going to be around much longer. Well, I think he doesn't need to be. It just depends on whether or not his life feels more empty without basketball than it does with it. But, you know, he loved his wife dearly. And if you read some of the stories about just how much that affected him, I don't know that if the Spurs are out of it, if he cares to be around a rebuilding process, which is why I look at it and I say, if I had to predict right now where Kawhi's going, I'm saying Boston because Boston has, look, they could trade Kyrie straight up and get Kawhi. He fits better based on what they've got. The Spurs wanted Jalen Brown since the second he got into the NBA. Maybe you can make that happen. You can do a lot of things there that make sense, and Danny Ainge can make it work. And he and R.C. Buford maybe the two best front office guys in the NBA right now. You get him to Boston, Boston might be able to keep him because Boston would be in the championship mix without question if Kawhi Leonard is healthy with all the other talent around them. The Lakers, the story that's interesting about the Lakers to me, if he's going to California, he's either going to Clippers or they're going to say, all right, go play in Sacramento. Because the report came out yesterday, they have zero interest in Lonzo Ball, meaning the Spurs. They don't want him at all. Like they have, they do that, not that want him on their team sense. at all. That he is the most unspur guy you could possibly. Well, not only put that, on a team. Greg Popovich and Lavar Ball is yes. made, it's legitimately oil and water when you think about the NBA universe. So I, I think that that's very unlikely. I also think the other question that's that's kind of hanging out there is if you're going to pay a guy forty four million dollars a year. What's actually going on with his health? Yeah, I, I agree with that too. The mystery of the injury and how bad it is. We talked about Andre Iguodala, you know, during the NBA playoffs in the Rocket series, and then what happened in the NBA Finals, and we didn't know what was going on. We have no idea the seriousness of Kawhi Leonard's injury or why he was not on the bench a lot during the season. He was doing rehab in New York and all of these things. Like there is so much mystery and so little that we know about this situation that I would have to know if I was a team exactly what was going on before I wagered my franchise on that guy. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt at all. So I think the question is, if you have an asset and the Spurs, I think there are multiple ways to look at this. And to me, you, this is like where you get you sit around and you play general manager yourself. What is the value of Kawhi Leonard? Are you selling him at a high price or are you selling him at a low price right now? I don't know. I don't know what options are out there. The other thing is, if you're an NBA team, to me, that to me, what should happen if they want to maximize his value is they sign him to a max deal, get him to agree, and then they trade him. That seems like the most rational, rational decision. And in order to sign to a max deal... Kawhi Leonard agrees to go somewhere other than LA. That seems to me like the posturing that could go on. You're going to make $44 million a year. What we want to you to do is to agree to go play for the next five years anywhere within reason that we want to trade you. Anywhere that they want to build around you. Let's make this happen and then you can get max value for him. Then you don't feel like you're selling at a loss. Um, and maybe, again, you go back and you study what went down with Paul George and look at what the market was for him and see if you can find a deal to put together like Indiana did, where I think most Pacers fans would sit around today and say, man, we thought we were getting fleeced maybe initially, 
but we ended up with the better end of this deal if you look at the way Victor Oladipo has grown. Is there a player out there that, given the right circumstances, could flourish under Greg Popovich? But I think you ask a good question, Jason Martin, which is how many more years does Greg Popovich want to coach? And that kind of ties in with the psychology of this situation to me. The guy's going to be 70 years old. He's got to be grieving. Some people, when they are grieving, throw themselves into their work in order to avoid having to spend a lot of time ruminating on their loss. Other people have a difficulty going back to work and rating it as a significant way to spend your time when you have had tragedy befall you in your personal life. It certainly has an impact. I'm not sure what the impact is going to be, but I can tell you this. The NBA offseason is a billion percent more interesting than the NBA regular season. And we're not even talking about LeBron right now because Kawhi has gone center stage. Quick question for all of you as I go around the horn. Do you think this Kawhi situation will be resolved in any way by the end of the draft Thursday night? I don't because if I'm the Spurs, I realize one thing about the Lakers. And that is if I trade Kawhi to the Lakers, I've just signed LeBron James to the Lakers too. Because that's going to tip it. He's the domino. If he goes to L.A., LeBron is absolutely 100% going to L.A. And he may anyway. But Kawhi tips the scale so much. I don't think that they're in that big of a hurry to get this done, so I don't think it'll happen by the end of this week. What about you, Danny G? I think it could. We've been talking a lot about Lonzo Ball, but what about the possibility of Brandon Ingram, who up until this point has been pretty much untouchable? Remember when Magic took over, that was the one player he said was off limits. Now he's willing to deal him, and there are rumors that the Spurs are interested in Ingram. So if the Lakers would move him and say Kyle Kuzma, then they could actually win that trade. Yeah, potentially. We'll see. Um, and, and again, you're you're buying and selling assets that you don't know how they're going to continue to be developed. And to me, the Kawhi Leonard great unanswered question more so than any other is, what actually was going on last year and what is his health situation going forward if somebody's going to give him over $40 million a year? We'll talk about uh, some of this. We'll talk about Tom Brady saying he wants to play until he is 45 years old. Jeff Schwartz, the NFL veteran, does he believe that a quarterback could play until he was 45? If he did, would that make Tom Brady the greatest athlete of all time? Maybe. I can't think of anybody else who's been that dominant at that age. Uh, We'll talk about it. I'm Clay Travis. This is Outkick Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, the list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, I am Clay Travis. Hope you are having a fantastic uh, start to your Wednesday morning. Let me go ahead and bring in Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Well, when it be a new San Antonio Spurs head coach, Greg Popovich, reportedly has traveled to Southern California to meet with disgruntled star Kawhi Leonard to what is thought to be a last-ditch effort to convince Leonard to stay in San Antonio. On the Geico scoreboard, day six of the World Cup saw Russia beat Egypt 3-1, Senegal got by Poland 2-1, and Japan edged Colombia 2-1. Day seven at the World Cup will get underway at the top of the hour you can watch the action on fs1 this report brought to you by true car online car shopping can be confusing but not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience now back to clay travis and the geico outkick the coverage studios let's bring in uh, jeff shorts he joins us every single wednesday i believe he is lined up there with us right now 
Jeff, the biggest news crazily in the world of the NFL appears to be Tom Brady saying he wants to play till he's 45. Do you believe it's possible? I thought he just said he wanted to retire in a year or two. He changed his mind already in like three I, days. I, I, I don't typically cover this, but he went on Instagram <laughs> and in Spanish said that he wants to play basically to 45. That's the same number that Drew Brees has kind of tossed out there before. Yeah. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's 41 now and will turn 42 in the next season. Uh, how many more years do you think Tom Brady can play at a high level? Um, you know, I think he can play probably a while at a high level. I mean, when you get to a certain age, your, your play just kind of drops off uh, drastically. That, has, that hasn't happened yet. I think he said on an Oprah interview that he was like about done. And if you watch that time versus Tom versus time thing, he seemed to sense that he was probably closer to the end than not. I mean, I think a lot of it is he would like to play until he's 45, but I think his wife is over it. And that's kind of the sense I've kind of gathered through this whole process the last year or two. And you know this, I mean, when your spouse is, is over is over it, uh, you're over it too. And so, you know, I think that if, um, if New England struggles this year, I think we could see you know, his exit sooner than later. If they win again, I think he's going to keep playing as long as they win. I mean, why not? As long as he's playing well, um, they're, going to keep, they're going to keep going at it. I mean, can he play to 45? Yeah, I mean, with the way the way he treats his body, um, the way that, that the the technology and and, the, and rehabbing and, and being able to uh, spend as much money as he does and, and being able to afford all the treatment he does, you know that that's a lot of it. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, why can't everyone do what Tom Brady does? Well, it's it's expensive to do what he does. It's expensive, you know, to pay two million dollars like LeBron does a year on his body or James Harrison was spending four hundred thousand dollars. Um, guys can't afford to, to all do that. And so that's why not all NFLers treat their bodies the same way Tom Brady does. Two interesting quarterback battles that are involving recent draft picks, uh, this most recent draft pick class. We've got uncertainty as to what could happen with uh, with the Bills, right? Now the talk seems to be that Nathan Peterman might be winning that job. You had A.J. McCarron signed as a free agent and you have Josh Allen there, so I want you to break down that one in a sec. But also, how nervous should Cleveland Brown fans be <laughs> that it appears that Tyrod Taylor right now is the unquestioned starter for week one over Baker Mayfield, the guy they took with the number one overall pick? Well, I don't know how worried uh, you really should be. I mean, the reason you have Tyrod Taylor there is to allow you a, a bridge year to play um, you know, to get Johnny, uh, not Johnny Manziel, to get Baker Mayfield uh, ready to play. Here's the thing, though. Isn't it funny how, you know, Josh Rosen so far, all we've heard is, like, he's the best quarterback on the team. He's ready to play right now, which is everything that anyone said about him. Which is he That's what we now? said on this show. That's why I said I would have taken Josh Rosen number right. one overall because I liked his ability to play. Now, whether his ceiling is as high as some of the other guys, I don't know. But, yes, sure. it seems like in Arizona there's a good chance that he takes the snap starting week one. Yeah, and you know, at Sam Darnold so far things are things are going well. You know, I talked to a, my radio this weekend on NFL Radio. We talked to someone who covers the Ravens. He's look, so Lamar Jackson um, not ready to play quarterback, but they're going to have packages for him where he can get you know some quarterback reps, get some reps at wide receiver. I mean, they'll, they'll find a way to get him on the field. So they'll, they'll, they'll use his talents well. I mean, it's not surprised. I'm not surprised that you know the guys aren't ready. I mean, if we look back to like you know Pat Mahomes, let's say who's came from the same offense that. 
uh, Baker Mayfield came from. Right, he wasn't ready to play right away. Now he wowed with his arm, and I, I haven't followed. I saw the the story that the one you're referring to about Baker Mayfield. I, I haven't seen the same quotes about him wowing with. Yeah, and his by arm the way, and, Mahomes was sitting behind a guy in Alex Smith who was pretty proven. I mean, anybody who watched Tyrod right. Taylor play for the Bills against the Jags. I think the fact that you're <laughs> unable to come in and beat yeah. out Tyrod Taylor, and that it's not even a question. It's not as if people are saying, oh, you know, this is a neck-and-neck neck battle. We're not sure who's going to be right. starting week one. It seems to be unquestioned that Tyrod Taylor well, is the guy right now with the Browns. Well, I think I think that's the part that really gets me. I, I, look, I don't, think I don't know if you're giving Tyrod enough credit. I know that the, the playoff game was really bad, but that team was not very good last year. To get to the playoffs – it's pretty impressive. Now, Tyrod has ups and downs, but if you looked at the rosters of the playoff teams last year, the Bills were by Understood, far the worst roster. But he um, was awful right. in that he, playoff he really, game. I mean, that was a playoff game that was no, impossible to watch. No, I agree. And he's, he's kind of falls in the category where, like, he's not going to lead you to victories um, if you're behind. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that fall in that category. And, and the thing about the, that would worry me about the Baker Mayfield stuff, and this worries me about any rookie quarterback, is – I have not seen reports of wow plays, right? I mean, with right. I, 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 I refer back to Pat Mahomes because I, I'm a Chiefs guy. My brother plays. Like the talent was was there from the start. It's just a matter of learning the system and it's a complicated system that Andy Reid has. Like, and you heard you heard from talent. you heard from Mahomes like, oh, this guy's the real deal early on, right. based on what people were seeing and, in camp. Same with Deshaun Watson and and all these guys. Like you could tell right away. And to me. I have not heard or seen anyone say, wow, Baker Mayfield is really wowing people with his athletic ability or with his arm or, or you know, there's none of that. And, and look, this is a concern when you have a guy coming from that, that offense he played in college, the air raid offense, and moving over to the NFL. It's the same concerns that anyone has playing that offense. Um, I had, I said these concerns during draft time. I would have taken Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold one. You know, Sam Darnold's young. He might need a year to really mature into, into who he's going to be. I'm not worried about that with, with Josh Rosen at all. And, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's early. I, I think that ideally they would like to give uh, Tyrod Taylor a couple starts, but they can't go this whole year without playing Tyrod and, and um, I mean, without playing uh, Baker Mayfield. And we've seen with, uh, with Hugh Jackson that he will switch quarterbacks quickly. So if Mayfield's not ready to go, he's going to look really bad when they eventually go to him. And, and I think the pressure for Hugh Jackson to win this year is going to be so high, especially when with Baker Mayfield, that they're going to play him probably sooner than he's ready. And it could, it could lead to some, some conference issues uh, moving forward. Did you, did you see the list of, uh, I know you did, cause I think you responded to it. They put out an offshore, uh, yeah. let's see, uh, odd shark had up opening odds to be the first NFL head coach fired. Uh, and I just want to get your take on this for people who haven't heard out there. Uh, Hugh Jackson, not a surprise given how the Browns have been, is the favorite. Then Adam Gase down with the Dolphins. Marvin Lewis, who it appears, Paul Brown Jr. or whatever the guy's name who owns the Bengals now, is just going to refuse to fire him no matter what. Uh, Vance Joseph, who actually had uh, the misfortune of being fired on social media last year before he kept his job, Dirk Cutter, uh, Jay Gruden, Todd Bowles, Bill O'Brien, Jason Garrett, and John Harbaugh uh, would be the top of that list. Who you, you actually said you thought a flyer on John Harbaugh with the Ravens. Yeah, we actually did this uh, for, for a gambling show uh, the other day. We took props on the first coach fire. I mean, I think you know, you're still getting plus money with Hugh Jackson, so it's not, it's not a bad take, and that might be the one. Um, I, look, I think Harbaugh in Baltimore, with, I think it was plus 2,500, 
is is a good value. Now, I don't think they would they would just the organization themselves. I don't think they would fire him before the end of the season. So that kind of gives me pause. But if they don't win, he's gone. I mean, he's he's kind of like the best coach that no one's talking about that's on the hot seat. Um, and, and reports are that Flacco has, has done well this offseason as far as the way he looks in his body. So that's obviously a plus for him. Dirk Cutter in Tampa um, is, is a good pick as well. I mean, you know, they, they kept him to develop Jameis. If Jameis is not being developed um, in, in a manner that's, that, that's successful, I could see him getting the, uh, the can early. But we're going to end up with a bunch of coaches fired again. Like, I mean, Marvin Lewis has got to go at some point. I don't know when that's going to be, but it's got to be sooner or later. So when you, and and this is a I, I think an interesting question too that we haven't talked about that much but I I'm continuing to follow it. One free agent that's still sitting around out there that every single NFL player NFL fan is familiar with, Des Bryant. What's yeah. going on there? I mean, this is a long time now that he's been sitting out. You could say, okay, let's wait and see what happens with the draft. I mean, we're into mid June. NFL training camps start in, frankly, I think the first one is like a month from now, right? It's not yeah. that far away till NFL training camps will be officially underway. What do you think Des Bryant is doing? What is he hearing? Where does he end up? How is this story playing out? Are you surprised he's still out there available and nobody has signed him yet? I'm not really surprised. I think he was waiting for the draft and teams filled their needs or, or, or whatnot. But look, just here's the, here's the deal. When, when a lot, and there's a lot of veterans that aren't signed that you think to yourself, you look at the list, you're like, wow, these guys are potential starters or have been starters. What happens is, is after the draft, if a team doesn't sign you right away, and they're not going to give you good money, and that's part of the issue with Dez, I think, is he wants a certain number. He's not getting that number ever. He's not getting that number ever again. Um, and he's waiting for that number. And so when when the draft ends, teams now use the spring to evaluate their own guys. There's no reason to bring in a Dez Bryant now when you know he's on the street and you can pick him up in August if your wide receivers falter or if you have an injury. And plus, the players as well. You know, Dez is a veteran. He doesn't need to be in OTAs or minicamp. He can work out on his own with his family so it's kind of a mutual thing like we're not going to really look at you i don't really want to sign either but as training camp approaches and teams look at their roster and say look we need a veteran wide receiver um we're we're, we're, we're missing a d tackle there's jonathan hankins is still available we're missing a d tackle we need a safety uh you know there's there's these positions that are still available in for agency they'll pick them up as they go and then of course there's injuries but Part of it, I think, is just Dez didn't get what he wanted. I, I bet a, a bunch of people were offering him one-year deals with maybe a, a second year tacked on to spread the signing bonus out. I mean, one year, probably six or eight million dollars, uh, maybe less, maybe really uh, incentive-laden contracts. He's, he doesn't want to do that. He's going to have to realize that teams are not going to pay him, um, you know, a, a lot of money to basically be an older. Um, uh, X receiver, you know, if he was a slot guy, I could see him having some more value, kind of like an Anquan Boulder who was able to play forever in the slot, is not the fastest guy, but just a big physical wide receiver who made plays. Dez doesn't seem to want to be that guy. I don't know if he's ever been asked to be that guy. So I think there's a lot of factors involved. He'll sign eventually, but it's a money thing. It won't be for what he wants. Anything else out there in the NFL that to you people should be paying attention to as we come closer and closer to training camp? Um, I mean, just, you know, obviously, hopefully no one gets arrested between now and then. I mean, that's always <laughs> right. an issue. Um, and then just, you know, I'm just digging into a lot of these prop bets now. I'm going to start writing about them for Action Network. And uh, should be out today on St. Clair Barkley to have him at 1,100 yards. Um, over 1,100.5. Um, I think he's going to go over that, just if you look at Pat Germer's workload, what he's called in the past, kind of where the rookie running backs have been, especially Kareem Hunt last year. Um, so that's kind of fun. I'm going to start digging into these uh, rushing champion, receiving yards, 
throwing, I mean, all that stuff. You know, it's it's fun that gambling is now um, like out in the open, legal in so many places yeah. and out in the open. Indeed, it's Jeff Schwartz. We'll it. talk to him. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, follow him on Twitter at G-O-F-F-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Last segment of Hour 2 World Cup about to tip off. Is Ronaldo the best-looking man of all time? I think he may be. This is OutKick, the coverage. Fuji's bringing us back. Everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. It's a great album. Uh, here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance, extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to do you do today. Uh, I mentioned, uh, with Jeff Schwartz, we were talking, we got kind of sucked in there on the Browns quarterback story. I do think the Bills quarterback story is pretty fascinating. Now, if you remember, and you listen to this show, I came in saying, Hey, uh, here's the truth. Josh uh, Rosen is the most ready quarterback to play on week one in the 2018 football season. And if you read uh, what people are saying out of Arizona, that seems to be 100% true. And uh, Baker Mayfield kind of surged up the draft board at the last minute. A lot of people didn't anticipate him. The Brown story, I think if Tyrod Taylor is the starter, that will be a, uh, a situation to follow, particularly given the fact that Hugh Jackson obviously has not been a uh, very successful head coach uh, so far, to say the least. But the Bills situation is pretty intriguing to me because they seem to be in love with Nathan Peterman. And if they are in love with Nathan Peterman and he beats out A.J. McCarron and he beats out Josh Allen, I'm not as nervous about Josh Allen not starting because we didn't hear coming in that Josh Allen was this uh, incredible student of the game and that he was going to be ready immediately. But I do think that's worth following early on, given how quickly we expect for quarterbacks to play in this modern era of the NFL. If Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen are both on the bench, and Josh Rosen comes out for Arizona and beats out Sam Bradford, who at least as a guy that has played a lot in the league and is being paid well, I think that's an early sign that maybe you should be a bit nervous if you're in Cleveland or you're in Buffalo. Now, you could also say, look, hey, we're Browns and Bills fans. We're always nervous. But for your guy out there, especially I would say Baker Mayfield, to be getting beaten out by Tyrod Taylor and for people to be saying, hey, Baker Mayfield's got a lot of work to do. He's not that close to being ready. That makes me a little bit nervous. And I loved watching Baker Mayfield play. I think his story so far has been one of the most remarkable stories we've ever seen in sports. We have literally never seen a, a walk-on quarterback who became the number one player drafted in the NFL. So when you look at Baker Mayfield's story from what he did in Austin, Texas, to decide to walk on at Texas Tech, to decide to walk on at Oklahoma, to win the Heisman Trophy, to take his team to the playoffs uh, in the college football and have the success that he did to go number one overall. It's a tremendous story. I'm just not sure how it's going to finish. I'm not sure that Baker Mayfield, if he can't beat out Tyrod Taylor early, that's that makes me feel a little bit nervous if I am a Browns fan. Just honestly, this early in the process. Not as nervous about Josh Allen and the, the Bills, although I am kind of 
genuinely curious what the Bills are seeing in practice that's making them believe that Nathan Peterman is such a legit contender. Remember, they benched Tyrod Taylor for him. Peterman came in, threw five interceptions and a half, got benched again, came in after Tyrod Taylor got injured at the end of the Bills playoff game and threw an interception, I believe, to Jalen Ramsey for the Jaguars to win that game in what was one of the ugliest playoff games ever played. So I do think those stories are worth paying attention to as we get closer and closer to the start of the uh, of the NFL training camp season, uh, especially because the Browns are going to be the team on the HBO special. So if you are out there watching in general, that's a storyline to pay attention to in an NFL offseason where there haven't been that many storylines. Uh, we've got uh, Morocco, I believe, walking onto the field about to play against Portugal. Question for you as we come back. Is Cristiano Ronaldo the best-looking athlete of all time? I think there's a strong argument to be made, in addition to being one of the greatest soccer players of all time, that Ronaldo is the best-looking athlete of all time. He might be physical perfection. It's hard to look away from him, and I say that with an unblemished record of heterosexuality. Final hour, we've also got an unbelievable story. What's the worst thing a girlfriend can do? We found it. This is Outkick. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. I am Clay Travis. I hope your Wednesday is going well. Final hour of the show this morning. Portugal and Morocco has just started. Uh, The biggest story I would say that's out there in the world of sports so far today is the report that is out from multiple NBA uh, uh, writers to say that Greg Popovich traveled to San Diego to meet with Kawhi Leonard and try to make things better again. Kawhi Leonard reportedly wants to play in LA for either the Clippers or the Lakers and uh, he's got one year left on his contract. He stands to make potentially $44 million if he signs the Supermax extension with the Spurs. So we don't know exactly what is going to happen in that that relationship. We don't know how it's going to impact tomorrow's NBA draft. But the important lesson here, as always, is that the NBA offseason is better than the NBA regular season. I don't think anybody out there disputing this. My biggest issue with the NBA, there are so few teams that are able to contend for a championship. The free agency process is way more entertaining than the actual regular season. It's why I don't ever talk regular season NBA on this show because I think it doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, it could be the situation that if Kawhi Leonard ends up with the Lakers, well, hey, if you're a Lakers fan, maybe you can actually feel comfortable about LeBron getting the best possible asset The challenge there is, would the Spurs want Kawhi Leonard going to the Western Conference? Now, I do think this is a little bit strange of a a story where it's like, oh, the Spurs would never trade him to the Western Conference. Why? Is your goal to make the finals? Is your goal to advance as far in the playoffs as you possibly can and then lose to Kawhi Leonard in the Eastern Conference if you traded him to the Celtics? I think if you are smart, and you are an intelligent businessman, you have got a good asset in Kawhi Leonard. You've got to get the best possible price that you can for him. And you look to what happened with Paul George. Guy had a year left. Everybody said, oh man, the Pacers are going to get screwed. There's no way they're going to be able to get any value for him. 
And then I think if you look at the the hall of talent that the Pacers got helmed up by Victor Oladipo, you have to feel pretty confident and pretty comfortable that you got the better end of that deal if you're the Pacers. So if I'm the Spurs, I'm studying everything that the Pacers were able to pull off down the stretch. Maybe there's somebody who wants to rent Kawhi Leonard for a year, even if there's not the possibility of him re-upping. Uh, I also think what makes the most sense is Kawhi Leonard signing a Supermax deal with the San Antonio Spurs and then being traded to another team because that way he gets his most money and the team that's trading for him gets the the guarantee that they are going to get him for five or six seasons, uh, which in theory would be five or six seasons in his prime. Now, the challenging fact there also is, do you want to give a guy over $40 million a year if you aren't comfortable with how healthy he is? All those are legitimate points up for debate. Again, proving more so than any other why so amazingly, I believe, this uh, this story in general is so much more interesting than the regular uh, season. Now, I went to break saying Cristiano Ronaldo may be the best-looking male athlete of all time, maybe the best-looking athlete, period. He just scored live against Morocco in the World Cup on FS1. Beautiful header for Cristiano Ronaldo. He scored three goals in the opener. He now has scored his fourth goal header right in off a set piece on a corner kick and uh, Ronaldo now with four goals in the first uh, 94 minutes of World Cup action, three in the opener against Spain, and now one already against Morocco. Cristiano Ronaldo making a stamp here, potentially to be uh, in that ongoing debate, who would you rather have, Ronaldo or Messi, that most great uh, soccer fans have all the time. Ronaldo making a strong case early with his fourth goal in uh, this World Cup so far. Which brings me to this question, and I'm going to bring in my all-male crew here, is is Ronaldo the best-looking male athlete of all time? My answer is yes. I can't think of a man, and I say this again, with an unblemished record of heterosexuality, where every time they put him on television, I think, for a minute, just in my head, my God, he's perfect. Like, he is so incredibly good-looking that even me, as a heterosexual man, when they show him on television, I think for just a minute, like, his good-lookingness stuns me. Like, all, and, and there are lots of women I see where I'm like, oh, she's gorgeous, and it takes me a minute to even think anything beyond she's gorgeous. I'm not sure that there's any man elsewhere, certainly in the world of sports, that I think that. There's a long pause there. I didn't know if that was where you were waiting for someone to jump in. Well, I was, I was a long pause there. <laughs> am I wrong for, am, am I, like, we debate the greatest of all time ever uh, in sports on a regular basis. Is Ronaldo the best-looking male athlete of all time? Ronaldo makes me want to tell my girlfriend never to watch soccer. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially if he takes his shirt off after he scores. Yeah, like, he is, he is masculine perfection, right? I mean, he's like, I don't know, six foot, what is it, Ronaldo? Like, six two. He's, you know, like 0% body fat. He's maybe the best player in the world's most popular game. And, oh, by the way, he's also perfect looking. You know, David Beckham back in the day, soccer has a lot of these guys. Like, Messi is in no way, uh, like, he's a totally average looking dude. He's short. He's kind of stocky a little bit. Ronaldo in that debate, I think, I, I don't you know, Tom Brady, like, you can toss in several guys in the world of athletics. Jimmy Garoppolo's pretty good looking. He looks like a, uh, a prince from a Disney movie, but I'm not sure that it's possible to top 
Ronaldo. <laughs> Clay, that's another reason why that very ugly statue of Ronaldo at the Portuguese yeah. airport it's why was, it was, was so such great. an insult. It's no, like, it's why it was so great. It was like the U.S. Open course. It's finally you get wanna, something you can mock about him, I and wanna, now they've redone it, and it looks like an Adonis. I think everybody on this show is heterosexual. Do you agree with me, Jason Martin, that he is the best-looking man in the history of American sports? I can't disagree with it. So, sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Danny G, can you top Ronaldo for best-looking man in the history of sports? Other than Kobe Bryant, Danny. <laughs> no, and I wouldn't put Kobe in the top five there. But uh, Ronaldo, if, I, if I'm if i Ronaldo, I don't ever even wear a shirt. I just walk <laughs> oh, in the would... middle of the winter in New York City, I'd walk around without a shirt. I, I will say, yes, I, I, w- I would always be shirtless. Uh, he needs to be on, like, you know how they, they'd have the rip guys on, like, Real World back in the day or, like, Big Brother or whatever the reality shows. And, and The Bachelor, obviously, now where the guys that are the most ripped always seem to never have a shirt on. It's like, oh, you know, it's so hot. Uh, I got to take my shirt off. Um, I think that Ronaldo 100% would be in that vein. Like, we debate greatest of all time a lot. I don't even think that Ronaldo has a competitor. You know, we do like the LeBron versus Michael yeah, Jordan no LeBron debates. There's here. There's Jordan, and then there's nothing else. Right? I mean, there's. Uh, what about anybody else? Eddie Garcia, well, is he there? Yeah, Eddie. Eddie's turning his mic on. And Roberto just pointed out that we're forgetting David Beckham, David in, his Beckham prime. in his prime. Yeah. yeah. David Beckham in his prime was a good-looking man. Nothing like Ronaldo. This dude walks around like he should have glory around him. David Beckham, yeah. Wife David Beckham, I think, in many respects— uh, is an incredibly good-looking man. I think you could put him in like the top five. Again, soccer seems to draw these guys. I don't know how they do it. There are a lot of guys who play full games in soccer, and their hair is still perfect at the end of the game. I don't understand how they do it, but uh, soccer has a lot of pretty boys in general. Um, uh, Eddie Garcia, are you also on board with Ronaldo as the best-looking male athlete of all time? Uh, Yeah, I think I am. He's uh, he's a very handsome dude. There's no doubt I mean, about I, it. Do we need to open up the phone lines? Are we wrong as heterosexual <laughs> men? Are we missing something? Or do women just look at Ronaldo and they're like, you know what? He is male perfection. I mean, because I, I don't even know for a, for a woman, like I bet if we said, oh, who we think is the most attractive woman in sports, I don't know what our answer would be. But I think certainly we wouldn't all have the same person. But for a guy, we've all got the same guy. I'm going to open this up, and then we've got an unbelievable uh, story that I want to hit with you. But 877-996-6369, only female callers. Is Ronaldo the best-looking male athlete of all time? He's playing right now. He's already scored a goal. He's got four goals uh, already in the World Cup. He's unquestionably one of the greatest soccer players of all time. But is he also the best-looking athlete? athlete male athlete of all time 877-996-6369 we do this every now and then only female callers roberto are you in agreement i know you mentioned david beckham but do we have unanimity here uh in the uh in the studio that uh that everybody is on ronaldo's team i would have to say in his prime probably david beckham oh you're actually you're actually dissenting probably just because my wife is still in love with him and she reminds me all the time so. so your wife likes, uh, okay, well, we yeah. got loaded lines rolling in. I'm going to take these calls, 877-996-6369, for everybody out there to weigh in. Only women, is Ronaldo the best-looking male athlete of all time? Again, he's already scored. The game is going on right now. Morocco against Portugal. I've got him on right now. Header into the back of the net. 
if you are gambling at all on the World Cup, early uh, first game of uh, Wednesday action here. Whoa, what a save there uh, on a set piece. Morocco almost scoring there as well. We will discuss all of this, the biggest issues in the world of sports. 877-996-6369. Is Ronaldo the best-looking male athlete of all time? I'll also put up the poll question. All of you, even if you're heterosexual, can vote. I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. It hurts. This is Ronaldo's theme song. I guarantee you this song is just playing in his head every day, all day, everything he does. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. The poll question is up. Inspired by Portugal against Morocco, where Cristiano Ronaldo has already scored his fourth goal of the World Cup. Uh, Portugal now up one nothing after they tied uh, with Spain, and Ronaldo had a hat trick in that uh, game. And you said, Jason Martin, his goal-scoring history in the World Cup, he's got four now in about uh, you know less than a, a game and a half so far in this World Cup and in the previous bunch of matches. Previous three in 2006, 2010, 2014 combined, he had three goals in 13 matches. This year already four goals in a match and a half. So that's kind of unbelievable. So he's only the fourth player to score goals in four different World Cups, which is pretty incredible to his longevity. This is probably his last World Cup, I would say, as a high-level player. It would be pretty surprising if he were able to continue that. But he has scored more goals in this year's World Cup already than he did in his career as a goal scorer in the previous World Cups. Yeah, and this last one... 85th international goal makes him the leading European goal scorer in the history of international soccer. So he's incredibly successful on the field. He also are on the pitch if you want to be a, uh, a hardcore no, guy. No. Yeah, I say field. Um, the poll question that is up, Ronaldo, uh, are, like I said, already with his fourth goal in this World Cup, is he the best-looking male athlete of all time? Now, I opened up the phone lines and I'll give you these poll results here in a moment. But I opened up the phone lines, and Jason Martin, you were, I said I only wanted female callers. We were flooded with male callers. Flooded with males. One guy was just like, we're just taking female callers, buddy. He's like, guy can't call up, talk about <laughs> sexy soccer players that are men. Like, it's just got way out of hand. All right, so I now am going to make Jason Martin's life much more awkward. Yeah. Every, I'm not going to restrict it based on sex, all right? Everybody right now, we had to shut the phone lines down because there were so many people calling in, so many guys trying to call in and talk about how good-looking Ronaldo is. Uh, so uh, open phone lines right now, 877-996-6369. A thousand of you have voted in the first four minutes that this poll question is up. Uh, is Cristiano Ronaldo the best-looking male athlete of all time? 66% of you, so two out of three basically of you, are saying yes. That Ronaldo is the best-looking man of all time. Now, a lot of you out there are also asking, who is the ugliest male athlete of all That's time? So Which is fun. also, unfortunate. who knows if those guys are going to be listening. By the way, load up, 877-996-6369. There's a long list, if you went back, oh, like yeah. old-school baseball card, of <laughs> ugly dudes who have played sports. Like, immediately what comes to mind for me when you say ugly guys who have played sports, St. Louis uh, Cardinal outfielder Willie McGee, to me, maybe the ugliest pro athlete of all time. No. Sam Cassell? Yeah. yeah not a good-looking man. I was just going to say Cassell is the first player who comes to mind. Tyrone Hill uh, was an ugly man. 
Uh, there are. How about like, John Cruck in his prime with his John, uh, John <laughs> with, with his John uh, Cruck who only has one testicle. John Cruck, not a good looking man. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, any how, uh, any hiding from that. How about the eighty Celtics? The whole team. Uh, <laughs> 80s, who's the best looking 80, 1980s era Celtics guy? Larry Bird is Larry not Bird's an attractive man. man. Larry Bird's on there. Bro. Larry Bird is a very unattractive man. That whole team was just full of yeah, Kevin, Robert Parrish, Kevin not McHale. good looking. Kevin, Kevin McHale, McHale yeah. not good looking. I never thought about the ugliness associated with that team. That might be the ugliest That's why NBA they were good. Team. They had to focus on basketball yeah, a lot. That's why Larry Bird became such a great shooter, oh, because he was so ugly. Yeah, and every, except for Parrish, everybody needed a tan badly. Uh... D- Danny Ainge is probably the best looking dude by far on that team, right? Uh, let's go to some of your calls. Women weighing in eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Maryland and El Paso. We're almost unanimous here, Maryland, that Ronaldo is the greatest looking male athlete of all time. Are we right or wrong? You are wrong. So wrong. Who's the best looking male athlete of all time? Come on now, Tom Brady. Get real. Yeah, I know Brady's got a lot of a lot of fan base out there, but I got to tell you, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's better looking than Brady. And all time, all time, I would go with Muhammad Ali in his prime. Oh Ali, man, Ali was a was a good looking man. Thanks oh for my God. thanks for the call, uh, Marilyn. Um, I got to say, I do think Muhammad Ali probably underrated. He was very pretty. Also underrated as an ugly athlete is Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh looks like a raptor. Like, there's so many, like, memes out there of him next to a photo of a dinosaur. <laughs> Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, that is, honestly, that's a good point. Um, uh, Chris, Chris Bosh, you factor in, like, the awkwardness of the body on some level. You know, like, the way his neck looks and everything else, the dinosaur angle. Jurassic World. Uh, Jurassic World. Uh, 877-996-6369. Let's go to uh, Michelle in Jacksonville. Michelle, who you got? Um, you're, you guys are wrong. He's definitely not the most uh, gorgeous man in the world um, of sports. And I agree with your previous caller. It's Tom Brady. Are you factoring in Tom Brady being the best looking here, though, because of his success? Like, if Tom Brady were, you know, like not a five-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, do you think you would treat him differently? Like, I feel like if Cristiano Ronaldo and Tom Brady walked into a bar together at a beach most women would respond and think that Cristiano Ronaldo is better looking. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> all right, so you're all in on Brady. So you think if Tom Brady was like a waiter and he walked up to you at a restaurant, <laughs> you'd be like, this guy is gorgeous, it doesn't matter what he does for a living? Um, I think he would still be gorgeous, but the question was, um, in the world of sports, who's the most gorgeous man, and that would without a doubt be tom brady all right good call thank you for the call that is uh michelle in jacksonville um let's go we got so many lines ringing 877-996-6369 let me let jason martin put these uh put get these things lined up by the way maybe in an unbelievable jinx never know how serious it is but cristiano ronaldo now down on the ground writhing in agony holding his ankle now, it's soccer, so you never know, like, is he actually completely okay and he's just trying to draw a penalty, or is he legitimately injured? He's back up, right? They didn't bring out the spray. I don't think they brought out the spray again. Morocco going uh, head-to-head right now. He is now. back up on his feet, but his shirt is off. <laughs> well, the ratings just quadrupled on FS1. Uh, 877-996-6369. By the way, don't want to underrate the rock here. 
The Rock is a really good-looking man as well. But again, Cristiano Ronaldo, poll question, is he the best-looking? Every line is ringing simultaneously. Jason Martin is fielding them. I'm specifically seeking female opinions, but I've now opened it up to male, both heterosexual and gay uh, men out there to weigh in and give us your opinions. Let me go ahead and bring in Eddie Garcia. Is Eddie there? I'm here. All right, Eddie, you want to give us the update, or are you distracted about watching Cristiano Ronaldo on television? No, uh, well, it's, it is a difficult thing to do, but I think I can uh, I can get through it. Uh, Soccer Day 7 at the World Cup going on right now. You can watch it live on FS1. Portugal taking on Morocco, and Cristiano Ronaldo has a goal, his fourth of the tournament. Portugal leads 1-0, 26 minutes into the first half. News from the NBA, where San Antonio Spurs head coach Greg Popovich has reportedly traveled to Southern California to meet with the scrunnled star Kawhi Leonard in what is thought to be a last-ditch effort to convince Leonard to stay in San Antonio. A couple of baseball games of note. The Rays beat the Astros 2-1. Houston's franchise record-tying 12-game winning streak is snapped. Yankees over the Mariners 7-2, while the Red Sox lose to the Twins 6-2. So New York has a one-game lead on Boston atop the AL East. Brewers beat the Pirates 3-2. Cubs split a doubleheader with the Dodgers, losing the first game 4-3, winning the second game 2 one in 10 innings. Milwaukee has a half game lead on Chicago atop the NL Central standings. The best NBA draft show is right here on Fox Sports Radio tomorrow. Catch Chris Broussard, NBA champion Karan Butler, and Jason McIntyre throughout the entire first round of the draft beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. That is tomorrow night. Chris Broussard, Karan Butler, Jason McIntyre, 7 p.m. Eastern right here on Fox Sports Radio. Now back to Clay Travis in the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. That is Eddie Garcia. He's the best-looking update man on this show. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want. Did I already do this? So you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I think I'm so rattled from Cristiano Ronaldo being on my television screen that I did the same ad twice. Did that happen? I think so. It's okay, though. All right. If you you double up on all the live reads, we'll be good through next week. That's a good point. Uh, also, should tell you that we're coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Uh, all right, let's roll into your calls. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo with his fourth goal. I can report that despite writhing in agony on the field, he is now back up and running and appears to have no ill effects from his uh, injury that he had on uh, the field. Let's go to uh, Cindy in Houston. Who you got, Cindy? All right, I'm going to have to put Cindy on pause. Cindy, you got to turn your radio down. Cindy, yes. Cindy, 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 we have a delay. So Cindy is going to hear her name, and she's going to start talking, <laughs> and she's not going to actually be on. So let's go to... Oh, really really uh, quick, really quick, though. You yes. want to hear a story about the delay? So when, yes. when we came back from that last break, we, we were goofing around playing Right Said Fred, I'm Too Sexy. Robert, yeah. Roberto thought he said, I'm too sexy for my shih tzu so it was roberto's first unofficial dump on the program play some what? applause for yourself over where there. is where is yeah. roberto like has he never heard that song before? that's what i'm asking roberto how, roberto, how roberto old are you didn't know he said shirt i'm 38 yeah. years old but i had i had <laughs> what I, I hadn't heard that song in years guys come on <laughs> yeah he's like you thought he just said you the thought S-word. that danny g you thought that danny g just put on a song that has a curse word in the title uh <laughs> Mm, yeah, I kind of did. But that is Danny G's kind of busy. Roberto, like you go in David Beckham, it completely invalidates your David Beckham opinion just based on that move. All right, Danny G's busy, so I was like, oh, maybe he forgot it said 
the shitzel. So I was like, oh. no, yeah, yeah, no, this yeah. is. Uh, this He's is like, no, like, no, no. That's a very. I said, there's no cursing in that song. He's like, no, no. I swear, I heard it. And so he played it back while you were doing your live read. And I said, Roberto, that shirt. I'm too sexy for my shirt. He's like, oh. Yes. Which ties in completely, which is why Ronaldo would never wear a shirt. Uh, yeah, so in case right you didn't head. hear that a few minutes ago on our way back in, it's because oh, Roberto dumped it. Oh, did the whole song it. get knocked out? Well, he dumped 13 seconds of that awesome song. Good so, Oh, we yeah. got to bring it back. Okay, you got to play I know. Playing too underneath sexy the rest of the segment. The final segment. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Kim in Evansville. What's up, Kim? Hey, how are you today? I'm excellent. You're excellent. Good. I heard you were uh, talking about the best-looking men I think in sports, all of sports. Yeah, best-looking male athlete of all time, in my humble heterosexual opinion, uh, with an unblemished record of that, is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> soccer player. And um, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, you're with 100%. me. One hundred percent. Yeah, he's dreamy. Like, uh, uh, who else is even in running in your mind, Kim? Nobody. Not uh, not Tom Brady and not The Rock. And uh, his shirt is back on, by the way. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, um, that's sad. So you're watching. Yeah, he's definitely the best-looking and probably the uh, the most athletic as well. So. He wins. He's, he might be human perfection. I'm not going to lie. Thank you for the call, Kim. Uh, let's go to, let's see, let's try, should we try Cindy again? See if Cindy's got her radio down now. Cindy in Houston. What's up, Cindy? You went to Chris in Evansville. Oh, oops. Hey, Chris in Ev- uh <laughs> Yes, sir. Hey, how this are you? Chris. Yeah, sorry. Yes, I, hit the wrong, I hit the wrong button. Welcome to my life. Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah. I was going with the ugliest male athlete, Manute Bowl. Manute Bowl was an ugly man. Thank you for the call. Uh, Manute Bowl was an ugly man. There's no doubt. All right, I've got Cindy all rattled now. Let's see if Cindy in Houston can handle things. Cindy in Houston, what's up? Oh, I've had J.D. Martinez on my mind all morning, so thank you for that. J.J. Martinez. Oh, J.D. Martinez. Martinez. Oh, J.D. Martinez. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not even that. Yeah, how old? Like, what do you guys think of J.D. J.D. Martinez? What 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 about him makes you think he's so attractive? I mean, he's tall. He's got those eyes. He's Cubano. <laughs> so you think? Did we have to drop her? What did she no, say? No, no, she said he's Cubano. Oh, he's Cubano. Okay, I wasn't sure what that word was. I was like, uh oh, is there a new word that I need to <laughs> no, familiarize no. myself with? Uh, I got you. Um, what do you think about uh, about Cristiano Ronaldo? I think I'm biased towards JD because I've seen him in person. Yes. So anytime you see a guy in person, like even your average like MLB player is going to be more attractive when you're there at the stadium. No, that's a good point. Are you married, Cindy? No. Uh, so what would you do uh, if JD Martinez just like uh, tweeted you? I would probably die a little bit. Yes. And- you know, I'm loyal to my Astros, but if JD slid in the DMs. I'd be all both socks. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Cindy. Uh, that's Cindy JD Martinez. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's see who should we go to. Let's go to Christina. Let's see if I can hit the right button here. Let's go to Christina in Tyler, Texas. Christina, what's up? Hey Clay, uh, I've done an argument for uh, JJ Watt. I think Ronaldo's. I think he's a pretty man, but uh, my vote's for JJ Watt. What is it about JJ Watt? Is it the muscles? 
Uh, yes, it is definitely the muscles. He's just a big old dude and and a pretty looking dude. Yeah, and you know he stayed single. I saw him sitting courtside for the Rockets uh, game. I think he was there for Game Six or Game yeah, Seven. With JT, yeah, with yeah, he was with Timberlake, right? And he yeah, was wearing he was. A, he was wearing a shirt that was too small for him, at least three <laughs> like, sizes. Yeah, and I was like, dude, we all know you have my massive, gigantic muscles. Like, and then you have to just show up Timberlake like you did sitting next to him. Timberlake looked like a, a flea. Uh, all oh right. yeah, I can see. Uh, I can see that. Argument. Wait, wait, Thanks Christina, Christina, yeah. aren't aren't JJ Watt's eyes a little too close together though? I'm not even looking at his eyes. <laughs> that's what I thought. I get, I can say uh, that uh, that's uh, something men say every now and then. Thank, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the call, Christina. Aren't her Thanks, eyes Clay. too close together? Wasn't her eyes I was looking at? <laughs> Wasn't I? I don't know. <laughs> it was a pair, but it wasn't her eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, my eyes are up here. No, no, they're not. They're down here. Uh, we have got, uh, okay, who should I go to next? Who do you think would be good on the, uh, Darren and Canton says that Ronaldo's not masculine enough. Yeah. Not masculine enough for you, Darren? You went to Greg. Uh, why are the, why <laughs> oh. why is Hey, I got you. This is Greg. Yeah. Nobody on the ugly side in our lifetime, Clay, matches George Mirasan. Not even close. George Murasan is is he alive is or is he dead now? I don't want to speak uh, that ill. Of, I don't know. I don't want to speak he ill of a dead man. Um, oh, I, I apologize, because I had no idea. Andre the Giant was alive. also ugly. Thank you, but I think that the, don't they have gigantism or the disease? Yeah, yeah, that makes them ugly. Like you know, just show a little bit more respect, Darren. This is a respectful. I mean, uh, sure. Greg, this is a respectful show. Even if I can't hit the right button, Darren and Canton, you say that Ronaldo's I, I, not masculine enough. I mean, it's not necessarily that, but I think it'd be more somebody like a Troy Aikman, maybe even Jose Canseco. Somebody, that's, you know, it's like I think masculinity plays into it. So uh, you said two white guys there. When I hear that, Darren, I think this might be a racist guy calling in. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's the fact that Ronaldo's Portuguese that you don't like. Just examine your biases. That's all I'm saying. That could be, that could be it. That could what if Ronaldo played football, like American well, he football? Does play football. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, you're in Canton, which is the Pro Football Hall of Fame location there in right. Ohio. So what yeah, if what if Ronaldo, I mean, like, I think if he were growing up in America, there's a decent chance. I don't know what his arm's like, but there's probably a decent chance that, you know, really good-looking guys oftentimes end up playing quarterback, right? It's not a, it's a, it's a cliche, like, oh, he's the quarterback on the football team. Quarterback on the football team in most towns is a pretty good-looking dude. He's in shape, he's oh, tall, yeah. like, he's athletic. Captain, yeah popular yeah so then your opinion might change Uh, if he was in a now he's european so i mean or you know he's what uh would you say he's portuguese yeah that's european um so i mean yeah i mean they're gonna be a little more feminine right i mean you know there were man bags and stuff like that so um i don't know i still think it'd be I think the masculinity is a little bit more masculine. I think that Darren just went, first of all, there is true. Would you agree in general that European men seem less masculine than American men? Not to go after the whole continent of people, but I think that European men seem more effeminate than American men. I don't think that's a ridiculous proposition. They wear those like uh, those jeans that are, although everybody's starting to wear the too tight jeans. I don't know how people walk around with penises in the jeans that people wear these days. It's like, I, you know, like there are a little bit of high waters, like we used to call them back in the day, like your ankles are showing, and also like your groin is so closely pressed against the jeans that I don't even know how people put these things on. 
Like your penis is begging to breathe. It's like you're shoving your penis up against that denim and just trying to suffocate it. I don't understand how people wear those kind of jeans. Maybe it's just me. Uh, you know what? Let's get as many of these calls in here quickly as we can get. Who should I go to, Jason Martin? Go to Mike in Virginia Beach on line nine. Line nine, Mike in Virginia Beach. I think I hit the right button. Yep. Mike, what's up? Hey, uh, it's Mike in Virginia Beach. My son grew up playing soccer. He actually played in the uh, Franco Gallini tournament in Northern Italy, which 28 nations. Oh, that's so awesome. We're, so anyway, we, we're, we're huge Ronaldo fans. A couple things about Ronaldo. He, his, um, ability, his physical ability, in my opinion, eclipses any football player. He is a workout warrior. Yeah. And if you've ever seen basically how he is so dedicated to his craft, and then there's a couple. Uh, I'm, we've watched a lot of YouTube videos. He does this. It's crazy YouTube video where he dresses up like a homeless man, and he's got uh, you know they they add extra weight to him. All these things, and he plays. He goes out for uh, play soccer in like a square in Spain, you know, begging for money. And um, and he's and of course his soccer skills are insane. Oh, that's actually, so he, it's like the Uncle so, Drew, uh, you know, like you yeah. judge a book by its cover and then the guy comes so, out and so just dominates. Anyway, he, he's doing this just insane soccer, and then this uh, he's trying to get people to play. He has a young kid finally plays with him, and then he reveals who he is, um, and everybody goes insane. He, he is, without a doubt, probably the most recognized athlete on the planet Earth. Maybe not in America because, you know, we're all into football, et cetera. But, you know, the most popular sport in the world, yes. Ronaldo, without a doubt, he, he eclipses, you know, any football player, baseball, basketball, you know, again, because it, it is the most popular sport, you know, on the planet. Yeah, there's no doubt. More people would know Ronaldo in the world than would know, I think, any athlete. Messi would be up there, too, but both of them would be insanely high. Let's go to Sean and Myrtle Beach. Sean, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I got a couple. My wife uh, has a has a tendency to uh, to like surfers. Her her overall number one is Kelly Slater, and she's also got got a big crush on Mick Fanning. She just likes the uh, I guess she likes the the muscular but not too big like the Rock because you know surfers tend to be you know really cut but not overly. Yeah, they're like the so beach have, bu- the beach bum cool. Yeah, I right, can see and, that. So I have no idea why she, I have no idea why she married me, but. Well, That's you like live in Myrtle Beach. Be. You live in Myrtle Beach, so at least you're still kind of the beach bum community there. But uh, That's true. And yeah. Real quick, ugliest, ugliest. You've got to go with the Rat Family, and that starts with Shushevsky and Bobby Hurley. <laughs> Shushevsky is an unattractive and man. He's definitely in the Rat Family. There is no doubt that he's an unattractive man, unless you're a Duke fan, in which case you're saying he's in the Mouse Family, like Mickey Mouse. Very favorable. Uh, let's go to Tim in Anaheim. What's up, Tim? Man, you guys, where have you been the last 15, 20 years? I, I've dated a few women, talked to a few women over the last 15, 20 years. Every last one of them said Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter both are the best-looking men on the planet. Uh, see, I, th- thanks for the call. Uh, I think Derek Jeter is 100% getting highly rated based on being a Yankee shortstop. Like, I think he's good-looking. I don't think he's, like, Ronaldo remotely level good-looking. Alex Rodriguez is almost like the Ronaldo of baseball. Like, if you just physically drew somebody, I mean, he's pretty ridiculous. Let's go to uh, Blake in Alabama. What's up, Blake? 
talk about on a Wednesday morning than good-looking men. I mean, I love the First Amendment <laughs> and boobs just as much as you do, but, man, the good-looking guys. But I, I can't believe that you haven't gone more for the hair because, I mean, you got great hair yourself. I mean, I haven't heard anything about Bryce Harper, Gordon Hayward. What do you think about the best hair? Great hair. I don't know that those guys are good-looking. A bracket challenge, he was going to suggest, too. I think a bracket challenge on this could be a lot of fun um, if we had a uh, best-looking male athlete bracket challenge. I think Ronaldo would win it. And we've got the poll question that's up right now. We'll take, uh, we'll close with uh, some more of your calls. If you're still with me, hang on. Uh, 877-996-6369. Um, right now, the poll results are rolling in. Thousands of you voting. The question is Ronaldo, who has already scored a goal today in the game against Morocco, they're coming up on halftime, is he the best-looking male athlete of all time? Thousands of you voting, 63% of you say yes. I am Clay Travis. We'll take more of your calls, 877-996-6369. Portugal up 1-0 on Morocco in the World Cup. This is Fox Sports Radio. Do over. Don't drop us. It's shirt, he's saying, Roberto. Shirt. I am Clay Travis. Cristiano Ronaldo with his fourth goal. Best-looking man in the history of sports. He's now uh, got four goals so far in this World Cup, which is more than he scored in his three prior World Cups combined, and he's only played a game and a half. Uh, As we go to the break here, early morning soccer, Portugal up one nothing on uh, on Morocco. Uh, big news, by the way, that has broken in the last fifteen or twenty minutes. If you are following this merger battle, and if you are interested in the world of sports, we have talked about it a lot. I know many people waking up across the country. This is going to be a massive story. Uh, Walt Disney uh, is trying to buy many Fox assets, including twenty-two regional sports uh, channels. Disney has now uh, bumped their bid from $52 billion to $71 billion to top Comcast's offer of $65 billion. So this has turned into a massive battle for who is going to get all these Fox assets. Uh, and Rupert Murdoch has to be incredibly excited about this. Uh, the deal now up massively over what the originals were. Uh, again, Disney coming in over the top and offering $71 billion. That's up from their initial deal price of $52 billion and change. Comcast offered $65 billion all cash last week. Uh, Disney uh, now Fox saying that the Disney offer is the right one. We'll see what ends up transpiring there. I want to get to a bunch of your calls. Many of you have been waiting a while. Joe in Indianapolis, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, ugliest male athlete of all time has to be 70s Bill Walton. 70s Bill Walton. Uh, We said Ronaldo was the best-looking. Many of you weighing in with the ugliest. Uh, Justin in L.A. What's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on? So my fiancé called and uh, wanted me to relay the message. She said as far as soccer players, David Beckham's way better looking than Cristiano. But um, she did want to say that Chris Bryant from the Cubs should be on the list. Uh, Chris Bryant from the Cubs, good-looking guy. Crazy that your fiance thinks David Beckham's better looking than Cristiano Ronaldo. All intents and purposes, I got a question or taste. Chris in Charlotte, North Carolina, what's up? Hey Clay, um, I got a couple for you. So I think best looking is probably going to be Brady Quinn. 
and uh, Rafael Nadal. Both of those guys good looking. I'll tell you this. They had me one time on Fox Sports sitting between Brady Quinn and Matt Leinart. You want to feel like an ugly dude? Sit between Brady Quinn and Matt Leinart. Brady Quinn looks like Superman. He looks like Clark Kent. Um, and Matt Leinart, pretty dreamy himself. Both of them big-time quarterbacks, USC, Notre Dame, first-round NFL like, draft picks. They were picks. terrible in the pros. Like, yeah, I was constantly like, thinking about, well, like, you sucked in the yeah, NFL. You got, yeah, you guys, uh, yeah, well, at least we have basically the same NFL careers. Um, but no, I mean, they're both really good dudes. Leinart is a, is a good friend. He just got married. Congrats to Matt Leinart. Uh, but you want to feel like an ugly guy. I think I was also on with Joel Klatt who's also incredibly good-looking, also a former quarterback. You put me on, I think Petros is with me, and I think Petros and I were like, man, somebody hates us because they just put us on with three of the dreamiest guys that have ever talked about sports and the history of sports commentating. It was me, Petros Papadakis. I need to bring that up with Petros next week. It was me, Petros, Brady Quinn, Matt Leinart, and Joel Klatt. And all three of those guys look like Disney princes. And then just me, <laughs> Petros looks like Quasimodo, and I look like, uh, I don't know, the Andrew ugly Luck. toad. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Luck's voice is worse than what Andrew Luck looks like. <laughs> Pudge, uh, what do we got? Nick in Texas. Hey, um, I was born in the 80s, and my wife and both my ex-girl, my, my ex-girlfriend and my wife both love Pudge Rodriguez, and I think he went from first in the 90s to worse now. Yeah, Pudge Rodriguez is not an attractive man. I question all of the people you've dated and their ability to analyze attractiveness on any level. Rod in Bakersfield, got to be fast. Oh, Mark Keaton, you're going to throw him in the ugly pile, I'll guarantee you. Ugly man, no doubt. Uh, Brad in Kentucky, what's up? Hey, Clay. First of all, I love the show, love (laughs) B-double-O-B-S. Yes. Uh, (laughs) One of the most epic things I've ever seen. Um, But a lot of girls around here, man, they're all about Chris Bryant. Yeah, a lot of Chris Bryant support out there. Thanks for the call. William in New York City, finishing off. Hey, Clay, how you doing? Excellent. Got to be fast. All right, just want to say, man, I'm your show, and um, no, can we trade you here in New York City for Mike Francesa? That guy puts me to sleep, man. I hate New York City, <laughs> New York City sports radio. Francesa's anyway, on the ugly list. A friend that yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And, he's and, the, on boring, and on a boring list also. Um, all right, we got say, Giancarlo just, Stanton. I had to let him go. We got a hard out here. Uh, interesting phrase there, given the conversation. I am Clay Travis. Thanks for <laughs> hanging with us on OutKick. Talk to you tomorrow. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that. But there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.